Thesnag.org five eighty five coming your way. This one was, we're going to do a, night, a light, a fun one. It's going to be a listener's feedback and comments. Um, we're going to try to stick to the most funny or negative comments that we've gotten, and we're also going to stick to the most controversial ones that we've gotten. So, but this is going to be a fun one for the most part. But first, mobster, we're going to start with the one um, that you didn't get a chance to reply to. And it was the one that we did. I'm going to let you explain. I want you to jump in and explain uh, what happened there. Yeah, funny enough, Steve, I'm looking at my own. I did reply it, but uh, I'm not sure that uh, the person that made the comment came back and, and, and read my reply. So this was a Rick Dracing death and steroid cycle. And for those of you who don't know, Rick was a wrestler, a bodybuilder, and a designer of the original version on a napkin, a restaurant, I believe, of the Gold's Gym motif. The, the weightlifting fellow with no hair on his head was designed by Rick. He also designed a bunch of other T-shirts and, and stuff as well, Steve. I think he might have even been involved in the Gold's Gym logo, but certainly the Gold's Gym logo. Now, for some years prior to his death, he'd been doing podcasts, videos, blogs on YouTube, like we're doing right now. And he'd had famous bodybuilders of yesterday from the Golden Age and a few more of the modern ones as well, Steve. And it was very, very good. So when he passed away, we actually did. And I've got to be honest, I will say that the, the title was a little tiny bit clickbait-ish. Okay? And this is what I think was the issue. So we covered the fact that he was a great artist, a fantastic bodybuilder, that he lived and participated at the time when Arnold was kicking ass in the 70s and being part of that group. And I actually put the comment, which I included in my response, that we called him an everyman. And an everyman is someone who's kind of really good, if not amazing, at certain uh, things that he was involved in as a writer, as someone doing the videos, and so on and so forth. Now, of course, he passed away. So the comment was, you guys estimate, infer from other possible comments. Did Rick ever say anything to e-review anything regarding what he took, if he took? No. Talk about sensationalizing and taking advantage after someone died. Did you get any more listeners or subscribers from this? My cousin may not have been perfect, but you guys are the scourge of the earth. Rick, wish Rick was here to respond. So here's my reply, and I'll address this again. Hi, Patty. According to one of the replies above, Rick actually discussed his use and the amounts on one of his own podcast videos. His own and others are around him at the time when they competed. For example, Steve, I believe you did one about Arnold, and we've discussed the Arnold uh, stack of cycles. It is also very common amongst pros not to discuss what they were taking because they don't want to encourage others. Pros tend to be obsessive-driven, driven-obsessive, sorry. If you listen to the podcast, I actually say a lot of very nice things about Rick, including he was very much an everyman, as I just referred to, at best, the title was to grab views. But we did, I feel, a great job in the actual podcast. Have a listen and tell us what you think. Now, it's his cousin. He hasn't been dead that long. And she's seen or someone's directed to do the, the video. And just, in my opinion, they've seen the title. And the title says, Rick Dracing, Death and Steroid Cycles. So when you've lost a cousin that you might have been close to, and this title which is not really that bad either way might feel a little bit off to you a bit of discolorful i've i've talked about this before steve if you win the lottery or you become famous some arse i was going to come out 
and sell their story to the newspapers about that one time in the 1970s that he was a dick. Okay, so this might feel to her, his cousin, that this is what we're doing. If she'd actually listened to the, to the show, we talked about his history, his involvement, to the fact that he was, if he did nothing else, Steve, he's designed the thing for Gold's Gym that is practically fucking iconic. I can tell you, and I'll make this the last point on this particular comment, that at one point, and I think Rick actually addressed this in one of his shows, they were selling something like $100,000 a day of the Gold's Gym T-shirts. You saw it on magazine covers that weren't bodybuilding. Famous body, uh, so famous film stars and, and singers and stuff would go to Gold's Gym and be seen wearing the Gold's Gym T-shirt. That, nothing else, and there are other things, if nothing else, is the impact that Rick had. Did Rick use steroids? Yes. Did he discuss the steroid stack? Yes. But we addressed that and other things. And in fact, I even said that the sport was lost for having had him pass. We lost a personality and an everyman from the sport. So I think it was very much an emotional response. And I wish he'd listened to the show. And even if her takeaway was the steroid stack, that wasn't just what we spoke about, Steve. There was a bunch of other things. Pick up the next one for us. All right, so let's let's move on. And um, this one was on episode 317, and it was um, Fasting and Steroids for Cutting. This was from Kark, Kim Mark, Kanat 2109. He says, no studying for, no steroids for cutting were mentioned, question mark, misleading tile. And he put a mean-looking smiley face. So look, on this one, you know, we discuss steroids on this podcast, guys. Every podcast, pretty much, we just discuss steroids. So I'm really not sure what you're complaining about on this one. And and we, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, this one is, <laughs> I don't understand you guys, you know. Um, I, and I, I don't I, know. We would have absolutely discussed EQ or Winstrow or, or any of the, the cutting ones. We've done a bunch of uh, uh, podcasts where we've specifically talked about one steroid. But I, unless I go back and listen to it, Steve, I can't think that we... Listen, the bosses wouldn't have put that video online if we hadn't covered the topic that was in the title. And that's without me remembering that podcast, Steve. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Is he just trying to be misdirected? Is he listened to something else and then commented in the wrong place? I think he I listened to like 10 minutes of it. Or something. Something. Maybe yeah. we talked about nutrition and training and how important that was. And he didn't have the time to sit and listen to us discuss specific steroids. But we absolutely. Let me give you another one. This is 374. Steroids for new users. Anavar, Primobolin, Depo, Equipoise, and Testosterone. Uh, he argues, and perhaps he's actually correct in this particular one. Shutdown is, his name is Vincent Charles 4002. Shutdown is when you don't come back after three, six months. Suppressive is the work, he means word, you're looking for. Okay, Vince, well, you've made a mistake yourself, but we can ignore that. Uh, the, uh, and it's to do with, as you say, shutdown and suppression. Yeah, listen, Vince, if we just spent most of that podcast uh, like grammar Nazis, and I can be a grammar Nazi myself, trust me, Vince, I really can. Arcing the difference, the the, the 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 clue here is the new users. We don't want new users, and for that we don't even want old users to have shutdown. 
equally, if su suppression is pretty much what everybody's going to get from, from day one. If you take a steroid and you're on it for more than a few days, week, two weeks, you're going to get some level of suppression. The argument then becomes the suppression is so low of natural production that the steroids you're taking are doing the job and how long you take to recover and how long there's, and so on and so forth, right? So shutdown, arguably, is, is no production. And even that's arguable. So it's, it's semantics, really, honestly. And that's what we're addressing there, semantics. Uh, we know people that have been on for a year, two years, and then they suddenly decide they want to have children. And we've, what, what's, what's one of the phrases we used to do? You take one swimmer to fertilise an egg, one active swimmer to fertilise an egg. You've probably got something, but it's very, very low down on the scale. That's why you feel like shit and so on and so forth. But almost no production of testosterone, I find that hard to believe. So arguably, semantics would say that there is, it's all suppression. It's just how long you're suppressed and just how badly you're suppressed. So it's more of an argument about the detail and the meaning of the word than it is about the actual podcast, Steve. So there you go. You yeah, do the no, next one. Well, a lot of people say, you know, shutdown means I have no libido. And it doesn't necessarily mean that. No. There's been people running testosterone who have testosterone levels in the 2000s, 3000s who report yeah, bad libido. Like shit. Because, I mean, like shit. So that doesn't mean it's not how you feel. So really, no, technically, no. the whole suppression shutdown thing is based on your LH. How good is your pituitary glands uh, function? Are you producing any reasonable level of testosterone the way that you did before you did the cycle? And how do you feel? I mean, we, we talk about blood tests and so on and so forth. Like I said, it's a detail of semantics, and that's not what we were addressing in that show. We were talking about reasonable use by newbies and how they're going to feel and obviously recovering after they've done a stack. That is far, far more important than getting into the minutiae and the detail of the meaning of the word and what suppression and shutdown really, really means because we don't want anybody to have shutdown and we want suppression to be only the length of the cycle and for you all to fully recover. Because that's way, way more important than arguing about the wrestling. I'll do another one. I'll jump in. Go ahead. Right. So Evo Podcast 372, Tremblone, Anadrol, and Halo Testing for Strength. I kind of re we've covered this a couple of times. I remember these. Uh, comment from Rash. I can't say the rest of it. Marquez 9634. I would love to hear this podcast with that. Earning, I think he means hearing about their misspelled mis mis as well. I love it when they misspell overpriced liver support products. Trend in brackets, A bombs and Halo. Please stop trying to sell your BS facts. Listen, guys. Right. So some of our shows are sponsored, which means we have to mention the sponsor's product. There's no getting away from that. Not all of the shows where we mention a product that we found effective personally and that we know other users have found effective personally. And I've even said this when I've said there are similar products, but we've used this product. And the product he's talking about, of course, Steve, is N2Guard. It's not even mentioned here, but that's what it is. So we quite simply said that there's a product out there that we would use on cycle and sometimes before or after cycle, but mostly on cycle, to protect our organs that we've personally used, personally tried, personally experienced, and we know how well or how badly, but it's normally how well we have used N2Guard and recovered. Now, um, again, if it's a sponsored show, we haven't got any fucking choice. We literally are 
the show is being paid for by the sponsor and it has to be mentioned. You're not going to sell any products in a sponsored show if you don't mention a sponsored product. It just doesn't work like that. And again, we're also talking about, listen, none of us are going to, Steve, are not going to reach out through the internet and grab you by the throat and make you go to the shop or make you buy that product. You can buy other products if you want to. It's just one that we know about, that we're familiar with, that we feel is effective, and that's the reason why we've recommended it. You listen to the show. You do not have to agree with anything that we've said. We actually invite you to put comments in the comments below. Do you agree? Do you disagree? That's kind of the nature of the internet. So if he doesn't want to listen to our bullshit, don't listen to the show. Obviously, we'd prefer that you did. And we don't even mind that you put this comment because it gives us an opportunity to address it. Jump in with another one, Steve. So um, the prior one, uh, which was Podcast 374 as well, we had a second comment, which I included, and it was by Games Nation 8913 He says, lost me at, quote unquote, a quote, you can run Anavar only, unquote. So this is another one of these oral only people that um that are against oral only cycles. And look, I I just I just came off a T bowl only cycle that I'm finishing up right now. And the reason I did it is because you know we're in the holiday season and we're you know I want to get into I want this is the season for me where I live because I live in a hot climate where I can do tons of cardio. And, and outdoor cardio. So I want to take advantage of it. So really my steroid go-to is T-Bowl in this situation and Equipoise. So I plan on using Equipoise as well during the season, but right now I'm using T-Bowl and I'm doing T-Bowl only. And look, I'm in live. I'm doing well. I actually am shocked because I'm doing a lot of core work as well, working my abs and stuff. I'm actually shocked at my body. I might have the best body I've ever had in my life just on T-Bowl only. So this idea that you can't run or only steroids or whatever is BS. So at the end of the day, look, you know, look, I understand if you do Anavar only or Tebow only or any of these oral steroids only, I get it. It's more effective to stack steroids. That is true. More steroids you stack, the more mass, the more strength in theory that you're going to get. But to say that you can't do just an oral only cycle is just dumb. It's more advantageous for me to do T-ball only based on my goals right now. I'm doing yep. car work. I'm sweating my balls off in a hot room doing you know, some intense core work in a hot room. I'm doing hot yoga. I'm doing jogging outside um, and sweating in the humidity of, of the climate I live in. So for me, there's no advantage for me to stack in a bunch of testosterone and have all that water retention and look all, you know, puffy and, and kill my cardio. So for me, it's advantageous to do it this way. So there's no yeah. reason for you to think, why don't you just try it and see for yourself instead of just making the assumption that, yeah, I can't do an, or an oral only cycle. Go ahead, Mark. Steve, I'm, I'll jump in here. I've run multiple anavar only cycles and I would consider myself arguably an advanced trip athlete. Uh, you and I know, I mean, Dylan, Great buddy of ours argues constantly for short periods of time on orals, typically three to four weeks. I've seen another of our moderators and, and reps talk about three to four weeks on orals. And I said, how many times I've run eight weeks and not had issues, right? So we're arguing about the length of time. And the topic title was the most important thing here. It was, it specifically says new users. So 
I would never recommend a new user to do a stack. I really wouldn't, because we talk about how you respond to steroids. If you run three or four or five steroids, what was it that gave you the success or lack of success? You don't know. Was it the trend? Was it the test? Was it the SUS? Was it the EQ? What was it? Did you respond to all those steroids or one? So we always talk about the experience that you're going to have with steroids, and that comes from, I don't want to try every steroid. There is not ever to Stephen, and I don't think most of our listeners do, but the sensible advice that we would give to a new user would be a single steroid, whether it's an injectable or an oral. And in fact, topic title includes injectables. And so he says, you lost me, you can run Anavar only, he's mistaken. I've done it. I've achieved what I set out to achieve. Steve's done it. He's doing it right now. He set out to achieve what he achieves. That means it can be done. It's as simple as that. If the user disagrees, fine. But it can be done. On to the next one, Steve. So, uh, okay, sorry. I've already, we've already done that one. I'm going to write about the comments. Let me scroll down. Okay. Evo Hardcore 125, the Bob Harris steroid cycle. And the listener disagreed with the statistics, and I've checked, and the listener's correct, which is kind of frustrating. So he said, uh, is Kevin Shushinard, 9539, born in 1951. No, he was born on December 14th, 1959, 5'10", and weighed 220. No, he was six foot and 240. He wasn't into golf. He played it to gain his father's approval of him. Sorry, but if you get the bracelets wrong, then how can I believe your steroid info on his? Sorry, believe your info on his steroid cycles. You can't. I'll 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 address the first point and the second point, but I'll put it in reverse order. And I actually responded, I believe, here, Steve, something to the point of where saying it's a best guess. I can't see that here, but we that's that's the reality, right? Every single time, with one or two exceptions, when we've talked about a professional level bodybuilder, pro bodybuilder, Olympia-level bodybuilder, we haven't had him ring us up and tell us what he's taken or what he took in the past. It is what we think that athlete is taking. And we can guess that from his genetics, from his build-up, sometimes from comments that have been made and been reported on, and also what we know that it takes, and again, other professional bodybuilders. So the argument about what you can believe is our best guess. Now, on the factual information, I'll put my hands up to this one, Steve. We would probably refer it to an article that had been written by someone else on the Evo forums. And unfortunately, that person's made a mistake. For example, the, 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 the listener's comment is quite correct that he was on December 14th, 1959, because before this show started, I went and looked at Wikipedia, and there it is. So he's correct. And I also now, even looking at the six-foot comment versus the five-foot-ten comment, I've got his fucking book here, Steve Gorilla Suit, and I know for a fact he was six-foot. So I think it was literally that we've had the information in front of us, and it was wrong, in which case we put our hands up. The steroid stack is always going to be best guess. Listen, guys. Even when a pro bodybuilder sat down and spilled their guts, are they telling the truth? I can tell you what I have taken. Steve can tell you what he's taken. Most professional bodybuilders, sometimes they're contractually obligated not to tell you. A sponsor of the supplement company that's given them a six-figure contract 
I do not want you to be recorded for the time that you're under contract as telling people what you take. So it's always best guess. We have covered where specific stacks have been mentioned, and the two that stick to my mind, Steve, is Dallas McCarver and George Peterson. Dallas McCarver's death cycle was commonly reported multiple places, and George Peterson information came from the fucking autopsy. So there you go on that particular one. Hands up. Some of our information wrong, but the rest is best guess. Yeah. So onwards for the next one, Steve. Yeah, and I don't think it's fair to say, you know, sorry, but if you get the basics wrong, then how can I believe your influence steroid cycles? Because as Mobster said, you know, when you're pulling up the statistics on these bodybuilders, you're getting them from other websites and other articles. So if that website or article has him at 240, but he's really 220 or 220 versus 240, I mean, that's kind of like, or 510 versus six foot. And the whole height and weight thing, is, you know, a lot of times that's Arnold used to lie about his, his height all the time. Of course, he's going to lie. Oh, that, and say, that's the that's the 100 percent. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, it's a little misleading. And then a lot of bodybuilders lie about their height going less like me. I sell people. Yeah, I'm only five, six. Because if I tell you that I've only weighed 200 pounds in my life, you're going to say, oh, 200 pounds, Steve, you're a tiny guy. Well, I'm only five foot, five and a half. It's five to six. Makes if huge. Say, but if I'm huge. on a date, I'm, if I'm on a dating website, I'm going to put down on five foot eight. You oh, know? Man. I don't want, I want let's, the girls let, to think Steve, I'm taller. Let, let me address that. Let me jump in on that one yeah, before we so, move on. So sometimes I that, have, that I, can get mixed up. So, I mean, I don't think that that's a I've comparison. been on dating yeah. sites, Steve, and the amount of guys that claim they were six foot or under, or the amount of women that wanted the person to be six foot or over, was fucking unbelievable. I I pulled women, I dated women simply because when I said I was six foot three, I was six foot three. The number of guys that turn up for dates with lifts in their shoes and shit like that. So yeah, bodybuilding is no better, no worse for that. Every fucker's got yeah. a twenty four inch arm. Come on. So you're dealing with So I mean, he that. might so, be five foot eleven, or or you know, and and just put down six foot. So we, absolutely. So, I mean, let's absolutely. not get into like semantics and like stats yes. and stuff because that gets. So he could have at some point actually been five foot ten with height, and that got recorded on a particular website. Yep. And you're saying yep. he's six foot. Did you know him in person? Where you stood next to him and you guys measured each other? He could have had slips in his shoes. Could have been a lot of things. So I mean, that's a little being a little semantic. The point was, it was a very good podcast we did. He was the oh, first yeah. gay professional yeah. athlete to come out. That's a very great important. aesthetics. Great aesthetics, Steve. So it's uh, a great fantastic representative uh, for the gay yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of political stuff with his boyfriend. So we're not gonna like. Podcast. So don't bash the podcast. Yes. At least give yes. us some credit on that, because other podcasts won't do that. That are more like you know backwards and like hate on yeah. people. And we put our hands up if we've made a mistake. Let me yeah. do another one, Steve. Ahead, yeah. Evo Podcast Three One Eight Arimidex. Uh, and I can't pronounce the next word, even it's quite common with bodybuilding steroids. Scott EC, EAC wife, but 4103. What the hell is a forum? I've been using, studying, researching anabolic steroids for years. Everyone on YouTube always talks about forums. What the fuck is a forum? Lol, guy, uh, Scott, you're on the internet. You could have Googled that question, couldn't you, Scott? Come on now. What you're really talking about is that your only source of information has come from, including ours, YouTube videos. And there's a great argument to be made in the same way that I mean, Steve mentioned my bodybuilding magazine and book collection. There are very few bodybuilding magazines left because nearly everything is on the internet right now. And forums 
versus, for example, Reddit, which ironically still is still a forum. There's a lot. There are hundreds of thousands of uh, bodybuilding fans and people talking about steroids on Reddit, but it's one of the worst sources for information ever. And you and I are old enough and ugly enough to know some of the forums, Meso, I'm looking at you guys, are crap because it's just a fucking zoo. Right, so for you to be able to get solid ass information, including in our podcast, can be difficult. Even professional bodybuilders won't give you the information that you, the listener, need. Now, our forum, the, the podcast in question, was an evolutionary podcast, which means it's related to the Evo family of forums, evolutionary.org specifically. And we have a forum which still exists. And our forums try, especially evolutionary because they were the sponsor of that podcast. That's the one that we did it for. Trying to give you solid ass information on a daily basis. Now, how that works is that you come on, Scott, you ask us a question, and fingers crossed, 20 of our members, if not more, come on and offer you solid ass information, either from their experience or from what they read, or even sometimes bless some bro science, because that's the kind of way that they've been thinking. But nine times out of 10, there will be golden nuggets of information in there for you. It still works. Scott, if you went to the gym and you asked one person for a piece of information, you're kind of limiting yourself. If you go around the gym and ask 10 people, hopefully six or seven of them will agree. And that would be the information that you want. That would be the reply that you're looking for. That's how forums work. So, Scott, please look it up on the next one. Crack on, Steve. You do one. All right, so this one was uh, Evolutionary Underground episode four. So it was one of their earlier ones. He says, Iron Motivation says, I'm literally the only user watching this channel. So in that particular uh, social media platform, there had been 1,400 uh, views. So it was him and about 1,399 other people who had watched <laughs> the video. But here's the and thing. it's an early one. Early yeah. ones, but here's the so thing yeah, like, we're four. on different platforms. A lot of people yes. think they're on a particular social media site and they think, Yeah, this is what everybody uses, and they don't realize that nobody's yeah. ever heard of this. shit Like, I was literally at a football game and the, there was a weather delay, and I was on a social media app trying to find out the answer. And someone posted when the game would resume, and I showed it to the people in my row. And they're like, oh, I never even heard of that social media site. Well, what is that? So it just shows you that people in their own minds, they think like, okay, because I'm on this particular social media app and this is the one I use all the time that everyone else uses this. And a lot of people don't even use it. They haven't even heard of it. So, I mean, you got to remember, we're on so many different places and uh, most of our views are off right off the website. That's where our members are. And we have tens of thousands of members 24 yeah. 7 from all over yeah. the world who are on yeah. our forum listening to the podcast so we have literally there are some listeners that stay that only listen to it when they're yeah. riding the bike at the gym so they've literally got the soundcloud version and not only that here's a quick one for you uh iron motivation 984 don't use the word literally if you don't understand what the word literally means and i say that nicely because literally means i am the only person whereas in reality as steve said if you literally looked at the information on the channel you would have seen that there was another 1,399 people that was doing it. So obviously you wasn't the only listener. And like Steve said, multiple platforms, including directly through the Evo sites. So obviously that's wrong. Here's another one. Evo Podcast 278, all about testosterone. 
Hector Rodriguez, I think, 3182. I can't afford blood work because, and I've got the rest is all in capital letters, Steve, but I work at Zaki's farm, okay, hanging chickens 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. So he's a hardworking fella. I'm 42 years old, got out of federal prison, big. I'm five foot seven, I'm assuming that's what he means, 239 pounds, 19 and a half inch arms, 20 inch neck, 50 inch chest, natural. He doesn't mention the size of his belly, so he could be fat, who knows. I gotcha. I think that's what he's saying. Guy at the gym said he can get me all the gear. I pay full rent, leave by myself, live by myself. But like I said, no money on blood work. Let me address this one, Steve. We've actually had a conversation or two on the forums, specifically this. So, Hector, your buddy at the gym that you're going to buy the steroids from, quote-unquote, your source, and again, we would prefer you to use an approved source because they tend to have more availability, better uh, bandwidth of products and so on and so forth it's a much better idea and of course if you're going to come on the forum or the channels support our sponsors support the companies that support us and allow the forums and the information to be given out in the first place that's how that works you're buying from them enables us to put out these shows so that's super super important okay he says i pay for rent and live by myself okay save up do the stack whatever the stack is going to be regardless of your statistics and how hard you work at the chicken factory, do it properly. That means, for example, buy a product like N2 Guard for on-cycle support, making sure you've got all the products in place for your PCT. It doesn't mean, for example, and this is what maybe you're inferring, Hector, that you're going to go out and I can just about afford to run this step. Then wait, save up a few more dollars, do another couple of extra days at the chicken factory. All joking aside, get the money together. Because I cannot, we've actually said this, Steve, if you can afford to put down $500 to $1,000 on a steroid stack, then you can afford another $100 rent you got. And you can afford another $100 or $200 because it's only going to take another couple of weeks from your disposable income to get your PCT. And then when everything's in place, Hexa, run that stack. Come on the forums and we will help you. If there's money off tokens and vouchers or sales, we'll direct you towards that thing. We'll actually try to get it for you less than maybe you're paying your buddy and get it together and tell you how to run the cycle so you get the best goddamn results. So, yeah, uh, I, I, that's in, an, in a nice way, Steve. He's not actually being that negative, but he talks about the blood work. Steve has a link in his signature on the forums to where you can get a discounted blood work test done. And they cost less than people think they are. It used to be a lot more money back in the day. Relative to that, the price has actually gone down, and that's our land for inflation and everything else. So, again, it's one of those things. It's actually more difficult for me here in the UK than it is in the US. And if Hector's working at Zaki Farms, I guess it's the US. It's actually cheaper than you think, Hector. And if you can afford the stack and the PCT and the on-cycle support, you can definitely afford at least one blood test. So on that one particular Steve, jump on the next one, please. 433 stacking T-Bowl and Dianabol and testosterone with Anavar. Iron Motivation says, please design me a Sustanon cycle, 250 milligrams per week. How much Eriminix and how often? Thanks. Someone else responds, you're going to fail so hard, laughing my ass off. Then another person responds, my thoughts exactly, but I only know that because I was once that guy. So Mobster, what are your thoughts on this one? I've I've seen a couple of these on the forum, Steve, and I'll tell you what it is, right? Steve does a consult, and we try to help 
which when sorry when Steve does a consult, he's going to ask for every single piece of information about you that you could possibly have. He's going to sit down and work out what's about your lifestyle, what about nutrition, what can you eat, what can't you eat, what things are available to you, how do you train, and all these kind of stuff. Now we cannot do that in like a random sentence that's been posted in a comment. On YouTube, we just can't. I literally, literally, there is nothing about you whatsoever. Iron Motivation nine eight four. How old are you? How tall are you? Are you fat? Are you thin? Have you trained for more than ten minutes? There's nothing. So for us to be able to write you out a program is like Steve doing a consult blind. Literally, my name's John. Steve, can you write me? Can you? No, no, I don't know. John, are you male or female? Old or young? There's so much pieces of information that's missing. It's impossible. And it would be completely irresponsible for us if we responded to this question to literally write down, say, an 8 or 10 or 12 or 16-week program, a stack or a cycle, with zero information from you. This is why we insist, almost insist, Steve, that you run a log on the forum because we can see photographs, we can guesstimate your body fat. We've had teenagers come on in. We've had to turn them away because we realized how young they are. We've had people of a certain age that should wait another couple of years. We've had people that have been training for three months, six months or a year. And we say, come on, get two years. You've barely got your nutrition under control. You've had success stories where they've dropped 50 pounds. The more information that we get, the better. We cannot, and it'd be irresponsible for us to do so. And I, we see this sometimes on other places where they do do this. And even occasionally I've pulled a rep up and said, listen, you haven't even asked this or you haven't asked that and you're writing out a program. It doesn't make any sense. If any of you coach clients as a PT or do consults like Steve or try to offer information like myself, the more we know about you, the better. So no, we cannot write you out a program. And Christ, you've practically done it yourself when you say uh, SUS 250 cycle, 250 milligrams a week. Well, it's sussed, so you'd inject twice a week, Steve. I mean, how much more complicated do you want? Even the Arimidex, we've talked about this on, on, on both shows and on the forums where we talk about start of this amount, and if you see any signs up, it's to this amount. Again, we don't know you. We don't know what your symptoms are. We don't know any statistics about you. We can't do that for you. And we'd encourage you to come on the forums, and then we can ask these kind of questions to get that kind of information. The other comments, they're kind of accurate. Because we don't know what the nutrition is like. We don't know what the training is like. Uh, we have no idea how old this person is. It's almost slightly guessing the lottery numbers, Steve. I might as well ask for a lucky group. My, 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 my view, just, be, you know, guys, be a little nicer. I mean, look, at the end of the day, remember in school, like some kids needed a special attention from the teacher. They learned a little differently. Some people need to be more spoon-fed. Some people can can pick up stuff a lot quicker. We all learn differently. So, if you want to be spoon-fed, like Mobster said, just come to me. I'll, you know, Let's do a one-on-one -on -one consult. Yes, I charge a fee, but it's a very fair fee compared to some of the other jokers out there. And, um, you know, I can spoon-feed you and really help, you know, help you, you know, get on, get on with it. But otherwise, come on the forum and start a thread, start a log, and we can guide you on that one for sure. So uh, I'm going to do uh, the... Uh, I'm going to do one and mobster. You do the last one on Milos. Cause I know you, you like Milos. You know a lot. About yeah. 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 But yeah let me do yeah. this one really quick and, and comment in it. Uh, this was episode uh, 326 on albuterol. And, um, and he, a company email says it's not even close to clenbuterol. You guys should leave this to doctors. Cause you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So listen, dude, my friend, I've used clen, I've used albuterol. 
albuterol is in fact like clambuterol if you use albuterol at a higher dosage, which is going to be necessary in a lot of cases to yield the type of fat loss results that you're looking for. So for me, when I ran albuterol, I had to raise the dosage up to the point where it was very similar to clan. I got the same side effects, the elevated heart rate, the shaky hands, uh, the heartburn, the headaches, the killing my cardio and all this stuff. So it is the same thing as clan. At, but if you take it milligram for milligram, yes, clen is much more powerful. But albuterol is the same fucking drug. They're both designed for the same thing. They're both yeah. exactly going to get give you the same results if you use albuterol at a, at a certain dosage. So I, I disagree with you, my man. That's just not true. I've used them both, um, and I know how these drugs work. So, all right, uh, Mobster, comment on the last one, which comes from Hardcore Episode 115. The Milos Sarsev steroid cycle in Keith Lilly. And uh, why don't you do what he says and address this? Go ahead. So he says, okay, who are the guys taking, talking, he means, on the podcast? I saw Milos and was hoping he was on it. I thought like they actually knew Milos firsthand, but it sounded so amateur. I thought, no way. Maybe these Milos to get more views. They definitely don't see to eye to eye with him, but I have no clue what these guys' credentials are. Milos is an accomplished bodybuilder, trainer, coach, and nutritionist. These guys sounded so pathetic. One subscribe here and found this podcast to really suck. Okay, Keith, you didn't ask, so you didn't stick around, so you don't know. I've been doing this shit for 43 years. I'm guessing, and I think I'm probably wrong, Steve, that Steve's been doing it for 20 years. I've competed. I've won this. I've won that. I've still got records and so on and so forth. I can string three words together, and I understand the meaning of words. And I can do research. I am familiar, for example, with Milos. Now, Milos, you mentioned one of his points, and I'm going to cover this specifically. Is an accomplished bodybuilder, trainer, coach, and nutritionist. Yes, he is. But then so are other people. And I've seen shows. Just yesterday he did a show. It's got Chris Cormier, uh, two other bodybuilders who escaped me for the minute, will come to me in a moment. And Chris is doing what Milos does. And they're talking about Nexilla, the latest uh, phenom. And Chris is working with Nexilla. That's his nickname. I can't remember his actual, the athlete's actual name. Now, Milos is very good at buttoning in, et cetera, et cetera. But Chris is working with this athlete. Uh, Milos is working with Samson. Um, and their approaches will be different. That's the reason why sometimes an athlete will go from Milos to someone else. George Ferris, another example. I can think of another couple right now, Steve. And they will have different protocols and different opinions and different ways of training. You mentioned something else. I think we were talking about pro cards just on a previous show that we've not long recorded. And I'm thinking of uh, one particular coach who preps athletes for competition who has never, to the best of my knowledge, won a big competition, and yet he has female and male, seven at least, it might be actually more, Olympia class winning athletes, including Mr. Olympias, that he's worked with and who have won competitions, including just recently Haddy as an Olympia winner, although he just lost, Derek Lunsford, who won, and um, the fellow that does the classical thing. I'm on the names of not tripping off the end of my tongue today. The long and the short of it is they all differ in their approaches. For example, Milos was a great one for 
uh, insulin protocols, and Dave Palumbo is a great one for insulin protocols, but it's not the same protocol. So what you're talking about, it's a myelosarsive steroid cycle. It wasn't going to have Milos come on the show and discuss his steroid cycle. Again, it's our best guess. We don't see eye to eye with him. Yes, that's absolutely true. And any person, including me and Steve, can put out a YouTube video talking about what we think Milos did with a steroid cycle without Milos needing to be there. That's perfectly fine. That's the reason for the freedom of speech. That's the reason for certain uh, protocols and rules and regulations that you have on YouTube, which we abide by. Uh, is he an accomplished bodybuilder? Yes. Is he a great trainer? Yes. Is he a great coach? Yes. Doesn't mean that we agree with him. Doesn't mean he's the best coach ever. No, doesn't mean that Steve is. Doesn't mean that I am. Doesn't mean that you are, Keith. It's just our opinion. In fact, we say that at the end of every show, Steve. Literally, what we are doing is a matter of our opinion, the factual information that we can find, and our best guess. And like I said, I've I've seen a bunch of stuff. I'm probably twice Keith's age, and I'm familiar, for example, with just how many times Milos competed, just how many times uh, he's discussed, for example, his insulin protocol, what he did with bodybuilders, with giant sets. I just discussed that the other day on the forums and so on and so forth. And he has literally sat on shows like the one that we're doing right now and disagreed with another coach and disagreed with who's going to win a competition. That makes it interesting. That's life. You don't have to agree with what we've done, but you did listen to it, for which we give you our gratitude. And listen, Keith, post comments, tell us what you disagreed with, and we'll address them. Do a, do a show of your own. Put a video out there, what you think Milos is doing, and we'll come on and we'll... Yeah, and, and, and we, yeah we didn't spend that no. show just yeah. disagreeing with Milos as well. Milos is part no, of our team. Not indirectly because one of the one of the uh approved sources that he works for is one that we support you know on yes. the forums so we indirectly part of the same thing so we're not against milos and he's not against us no, so, so I don't, on so, the entering protocol yeah. steve some of the stuff that he was doing was leading edge which meant was only two or three people out there that were studying the protocol and trying to use yeah. this but like you said he didn't mention words. exactly what he was talking about in this comment i so i don't even know what he's talking about like because we didn't do the podcast. It wasn't like a bash Milos podcast. I think he needed our credentials. I think he needed us to be of the level that he thinks Milos is at and compare us against him and say, I don't know. Maybe I think maybe maybe, maybe we disagree with Milos on a, a steroid dosage or something with nutrition or something. And then he took that to yeah. mean we, we completely this with Milos. And it's just not the case. So Milos let is me a good give guy. An example, yeah, Steve. Let me give you an example, right? Now, I've talked about how leading edge he was with the insulin. I've talked about some of the experimentation he'd done. I've mentioned this on the forums recently. They were using, I think, a version of Apple Source. They would they would deplete literally by doing giant sets. I think there's a Japanese bodybuilder that he worked with, especially, but a bunch of others as a team worked their asses off doing giant sets to deplete themselves deliberately. And then they were carb load with this Apple Source. It was one of the things he was experimenting at the time, and it was part of the insulin protocol. Now, absolutely out there on the leading edge trying to get this stuff done. One of the first people to use it himself in this scientific way because it had been used before, but to get the best from it. The Apple Source was a particular brand. I think um, Chad Nichols was doing something where he actually had to buy this stuff and they stopped making it. So they had to get a company to make a version. That's how out there and on the leading edge of this stuff is, right? So he might not know us and what we do and whatever else. And as I said, you know, I can talk about feats of strength that Steve's done. I can talk about competitions that I've won. 
the, the way that I've had stuff published and so on and so forth. It's not a cock measuring competition. Um, if, if we're not a, for example, and Steve's actually discussed this as well, you do not have to be, and we did this on the pro card thing just now, Stephen, and they didn't show that we recorded. Just because you are a top-level bodybuilder does not mean that you know what you're talking about. Sometimes your genetics are so fucking goddamn great that your physique is amazing in spite of your piss-poor training and your piss-poor knowledge and your lack of knowledge about PEDs. Some of the best coaches, as I've just discussed, do not have the best physiques or, or haven't won a big competition, but they are great coaches. Steve talked about that earlier in his show. You don't need to necessarily be a contest-winning bodybuilder that stood on stage in order to be able to talk about a subject. Now, of course, it helps for people like Keith if you are. And I'll admit, Keith, if my if I'm a big motherfucker, then you're more likely to pay attention to what I'm saying than a small motherfucker. If I'm a contest-winning bodybuilder, it's the same. I get it, Keith. But at the same time, this is information that's out there from other YouTube videos, from the magazines and books and interviews that Milos has done. And so when we talk about his steroid stack, it's from that kind of information. And Milos is probably more open about that than pretty much every professional bodybuilder because he's not only working with athletes and discussing those protocols that he's working with them for, but also his own experience. And that's where that information comes from. So if it's a question of not recognising us, that's fine. I sound apathetic. <laughs> Again, can you to your opinion? I, I don't know necessarily what you wanted from the show. Maybe you had an idea about what it was going to be like and it wasn't what you thought it was going to be like. The other listeners, the, the hundreds, if not thousands of listeners, uh, the paid attention to that show across that platform and all the other platforms, the tens of thousands across the other platforms, it's been out there disagreeing because it got the hits because people have listened to it and we can see that from the data and the metrics, et cetera, et cetera. So really, so, yeah. Quick, yeah. so really quick, one last one, and they just left a bunch of emojis. It's from um, Turbo D. And it was in the episode 321, steroids for men over 50. Yeah, years. I can see the emojis, Steve. I can see yeah, the emojis. Yeah, he leaves an emoji, a thumbs down, thumbs a, down. a hand over the face. The face, yeah. Whatever. Rolling so these, eyes. Yeah, exactly. And he, so he leaves four negative emojis. He didn't even comment on what he didn't like <laughs> or anything. <laughs> this one hurt me, mobster. This one hurt me a lot. <laughs> This That's because you're not 50. <laughs> I'm listen, listeners. I'm 59 as we record the show. Here's a thing that sometimes happens, right? We understand that testosterone drops off pretty much <laughs> once you hit 30, 790 when you hit 40. I think it's 30 onwards, Steve, 1% a fucking year. And that's because cavemen never lived that long. 35 was a good age when he was a caveman. So in reality, pollution, poor diets, crappy lifestyles, etc., and nature means your testosterone drops off. However, we get people going, I'm 27, what stack should I do? I'm 33, what stack should I do? It doesn't differ because you're 27 or 33. I'm 59. It doesn't The facts that I take at 59 do not differ from when I was 37, from when I first started using. They don't. All right? I'm still big. I still train. I still do this. I still do that. It's the fucking same. If my age was making that much of an impact, then the stack that I do when I'm 50 plus might be different. And here's the thing. And here's the reality. What you want when you're 50 differs from what you want when you're 30. And I think that might be what we're looking at here, Steve. When you are a younger listener, 24, 25, 26, coming to steroids, wanting to be the next Mystery Olympia, your attitude will 100% be different 10, 20, 30 years down the road. It is. You've got grandkids now, motherfucker. You nearly paid off your mortgage. That car you've always dreamed of is now within reach. But you don't want to be Mr. Olympia anymore. So it might well be, Steve, because it was a 
podcast aimed at the 50 year old man and yeah, yeah, most yeah. of it could have been like a 20 year old guy and he was just yes. like ah you know but one most day people you're gonna come be to training st- yeah, most one- people that come to training steve and i'll say this because i've t- touched on this statistic before before we finish the show so here's the reality right if you're a supplement company owner or gym owner or whatever else and you are looking at your your demographic the average age of a person that trains is between 18 and 25. You typically train three to six months at the most, normally three months, Steve. If a, if, an, if a company or myself as a client, coach, whatever, can keep you for more than three months, I'm doing well. If I can get you two years, I've probably got you for life. You're probably going to live for life or exercise for life. right? So that's the demographic, 18 to 25. The reality is in terms of disposable income, I want you 25 plus because you're going to have more money to spend on my product and so on and so forth. So the podcasts are the same. The majority of our listeners will be younger. They won't be 50 plus. So the 50 plus podcast is aimed realistically at those people that are going to be 50, those people that still want to be training when they're 50, and those that are 50. So it's not necessarily going to be popular with the majority of listeners just based on the age of our list, typical listener. So I can see the face palm thing and figure out why did you do one of the 50-year-old? Because... Motherfucker, we exist. I'm, I'm quoting that line. We exist. Vegans that eat meat, we exist. 50-year-old or 50-plus, like myself, people that train and use stories exist. And your aspirations is, uh, yeah, listen, right, guys, it's going to change. We love comments, including the negative comments, because it gives us the opportunity to address them. So hey, bring your hater aid. We'll have a taste, and we'll sweeten it, hopefully. Look. Bottom line is feedback from you is super important, good, bad, or indifferent. We want to know what you're thinking. It will shape podcasts for the future. We will have shows like this, and we will do shows specifically when we talk about why we've done a show for 40-year-old or 50-year-old, because that's not a big percentage of our listeners. It is still a percentage. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view, and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.